Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company. It's just gone 11 minutes past two on this beautiful, cool Wednesday afternoon here in Highfelt. Uh, great to be with you this afternoon and sharing some thoughts with you on Judaism 101.9. Well, we um, on this program usually discuss things that are coming up, events that are happening, things that you need to know about. And today is no different. Um, we have, over the past few weeks, been doing a few um, of the Mishnayot from Pirkei Avot, from the ethics of our fathers, or the chapters of our fathers. Um, but today, getting back to what is happening in our world, what's happening in our Jewish world, and what we need to know about that is coming up during this coming week. Well, let's begin by saying that today is actually Rosh Chodesh. Today is the first day of a new month. Well, actually, it is actually the last day of the last month, and tonight will be the first day of the next month, um, as it is Rosh Chodesh. And very often, as we've explained before, Rosh Chodesh, what is known as the new moon, is actually, it sometimes traverses two days. Um, yes, today and today, last night, tonight, today and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. So today is the 30th day of Sivan, tonight is the first day of Tammuz. While we go into this month of Tammuz, there is so much um, of a uh, sort of negative uh, stature that uh, comes up later in the month, but I'd rather be talking to you about the things that are happening in the early part of this month. So once we have completed Rosh Chodesh, so tomorrow is the first day of the month, Friday will be the second, which means that Shabbat is Gimel Tammuz. It is the third day in the month of Tammuz. And the name Gimel Tammuz is a date that is and has been uh, very significant in the minds of people all over the world because it's the third of Tammuz that marks the yard site of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And in fact, this is a momentous year and a momentous weekend because we in fact have reached, believe it or not, 25 years. It is the 25th anniversary, um, or the 25 years since um, the Rebbe's passing, which took place in 1994. It was in June of 1994, and therefore 25 years have passed since that fateful, awesome day. Now, when we think about the Lubavitcher Rebbe, I would like to begin by um, telling you a very, very interesting thing that I checked out on um, a website um, just yesterday, and that was about a young man who had proposed to his bride. Now, you know, um, I suppose very popular on things like YouTube and so on are all these uh, outlandish and unique proposals, you know, where you've got to hire a flash mob and where you uh, make it that it's uh, extremely romantic and wonderful and uh, spectacular and something that people will talk about forever and ever after. But here, a young man in Israel um, took his bride-to-be to a place where he was working, in fact, on a building site. And he, had, he and his friends had made a big banner, and the banner just read um, to her, mentioning her name, instead of saying, will you marry me? He said to her, I would, uh, I'm asking you to build a Beit Chabad with me. I'm asking you to build a Chabad house together with me. What's going on here? What is he talking about? Well, pretty um, obvious is the fact that um, 
young men and young women of Chabad over the last 50 years, and if not more, were inspired by the Rebbe's directive to build Chabad houses all over the world. And not only that, but each and every follower of the Rebbe was encouraged to make their own house into a Chabad house. And where does this idea of a Chabad house actually come from, and what is it truly all about? Well, just to give you a little bit of an insight, perhaps from a different perspective, about where the idea came from and what it was actually all about, um, let's go back to the late 1940s and uh, let's focus on a young man, a fairly young man, who was then um, working in a shipyard um, on the electronics of um, shipbuilding. Um, he had a regular job. His name Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, he was to become in 1950, 1951, to become the rabbi. At that stage, his father-in-law, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, was the rabbi. And this uh, young man um, used to go to work every day on these uh, shipyards, and he used to catch a train in New York, Brooklyn, caught a train to his place of work, um, somewhere along the uh, riverside And um, on a particular day um, Or per- perhaps I think very often He used to actually uh, get off the train And uh, board the train a little bit further away from his house At one of the other stops In order possibly to take a little bit of a walk To get some exercise Whatever the reason was But he would walk a few blocks um, Not necessarily take the train And get off immediately outside um, his home And here on a particular day, um, walking past a public school, um, he happened to um, be greeted by a young girl. This girl greeted greeted him, young Jewish girl, and uh, they took a few steps in the same direction. And um, she had greeted this rabbi who was walking, and the rabbi said to her, um, what is your name, where do you live, etc. A little bit of uh, friendly banter, I guess. And then... Um, he asked this young girl, I imagine she was uh, early high school, um, he said to her, um, what are your interests, what are your hobbies? And she mentioned that she loves to read. And the rabbi said, oh, I also love to read. And so they carried on walking in the same direction, and the rabbi said to her, what particular books do you like to read? And she said, well, at the time she was into science fiction. She loved the the uh, science fiction books um, and a particular um, author who she particularly liked. And she mentioned the name of a book that she was reading at the time. And the Rebbe said to her, I haven't read the book yet. Um, this is something that I'm not aware of. And um, the conversation ended. They bid each other farewell. And the next day, the Rebbe was waiting on the street corner when she came past. And he said, do you mind if I... Um, walk with you a couple of uh, meters down the road, and she said, with pleasure, and he said to her, you know, you mentioned a book, so I got the book yesterday. Now, it wasn't like you could download it in those days on your Kindle, or you could uh, go online and find it. He obviously had had to go to a bookstore. He said, I picked up the book, and of course it wasn't in the Rebbe's library. I picked up the book that you were reading, and I've read it, and I wanted to ask you, what particularly did you find fascinating about this book? And she mentioned something about 
a particular event or happening in this science fiction book. And she said to the rabbi, what did you find interesting? And he said, well, I found fascinating the idea that is conveyed in this book of a central space station that is uh, based on one of the planets with all sorts of satellite space stations around the whole universe and that they're all interlinked, something very, very futuristic. Remember, we're talking about the late 1940s, um, that you would have this space station set up in a, uh, a faraway place all interlinked, and this general power lab is going to give power to all of them um, all around the world. And the Rebbe said, the reason that I'm fascinated by that is because I have exactly that same idea for Judaism worldwide, the idea of having a central powerhouse that feeds satellites all over the world. And thus, I think, was born the concept in um, Chabad of the idea of Chabad houses. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So we've been talking about the fact that over this weekend it is Gimel Tammuz. It is the third day of Tammuz. And the third day of Tammuz marks the yard site of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And that in fact takes place on Shabbos. Although many of the uh, occasions to commemorate will, we'll talk a little bit about that a bit later, will be held over this weekend and then extending into some days in uh, the coming weeks and so on. Um, but the Point is that it is the Rebbe's yard site. It is the 25 years since that fateful day in 1994. And um, perhaps we need to pause for a moment and consider, A, what it was that the Rebbe stood for, B, what it was that the Rebbe wanted from um, everybody and how the Rebbe changed the world and how the Rebbe made this um, um, experience of living in this world all that better and all that richer and all that more meaningful gearing us up, of course, for the one thing that the Rebbe continually strove for, which was the coming of Mashiach and a time of peace and love and kindness um, for all mankind. But we were exploring just before the break the concept of the establishment of Chabad houses. Now, the idea that the Rebbe had to establish Chabad houses, which were interlinked all over the world, has been something that we have seen come to fruition in a much, much greater way, particularly of late, over the last number of years. The concept of a Chabad house um, has really taken on a glowingly and startlingly um, incredible new meaning. If we think about it, um, the concept of a Chabad house is almost like a mark of approval of um, the fact that there are Jews in a certain place, in a certain town, and at a certain time, because there is hardly a city, there is hardly a country in the world where um, there are Jews, and there is no Chabad presence, and there's no Chabad house. And the concept of setting up a Chabad house was something that uh, the Rebbe drove and wanted um, there to be this idea of an open-door policy. There was uh, the story of the very first Chabad house that was established in California where they brought the Rebbe a key to the door. And the Rebbe said, um, why are you giving me a key? Um, which, of course, was a symbolic act of giving the Rebbe the keys to the front door of the building and therefore that um, it was in his ownership and it was a sign of tribute to the Rebbe for everything that he had done and inspired. And the Rebbe questioned the concept of a key on the door because he said that a Chabad house should not lock its doors. Chabad house needs to be open to Jews from um, all walks of life, from all over, um, in order to be able to come there, to learn, to study, to feel the warmth of Judaism, 
um, to be embraced, to have a Shabbat meal, um, to do all of those wonderful things. Of course, um, there um, it has come with its perils. It has come with its difficulties. But in a way, the difficulties, such as were experienced at various Chabad houses, um, for instance, in India, in Mumbai, with the, the attack on the Chabad house there, the one more recently in Poway, in California, in San Diego, um, the Chabad house has become kind of the uh, front line um, of Judaism to the outside world, but much more importantly, the front line to the inside world. The fact that Jews all over the world know that that is a place to be contacted for all your Jewish needs. And of course, it is so in South Africa and Johannesburg as well, um, and in any other country around the world where there are uh, Jews and there is a Chabad presence. That, of course, is what it has come to symbolize. We constantly get at Chabad House in Johannesburg, we constantly get on a daily basis uh, requests from people from all over the world about where is the closest Chabad House, where would they be able to spend a Shabbat, where would they able, be able to eat, um, where would they able to be able to daven, where will they feel that warm embrace that Chabad has become uh, renowned for. We've got to remember that all of the inspiration and all of the direction about um, this concept, which has often been termed outreach, but um, not sure whether um, the Rebbe would have really subscribed to the concept of outreach um, in, in the fact that we're saying that people are out outside, um, but rather in reach, reaching into the souls of people, understanding that each and every person has a tremendous value um, and is a treasure within themselves. This is something that the Rebbe expounded upon and the Rebbe um, wanted us to understand and um, live with and accept and embrace and bring into the orb of Judaism all that uh, the, the, each and every individual, each and every person, no matter who they were, whether great or small, whether uh, wealthy or poor, whether um, seemingly on the inside or on the outside, to remember that we need to um, search out and seek out Jews to the uh, very, very furthest corner of um, of our of our community, of our world, um, in order to help them, in order to save them, in order to bring them close and in order to um, make them realize just how precious they are and that each and every one of them carries within him or her a portion of the Almighty, a portion of God, a real proper part of um, Hashem that uh, needs to be um, utilized and brought to the fore. And as has often been termed, it was through this kind of a program that the Rebbe created leaders rather than followers. The Rebbe didn't see himself as a Hasidic Rebbe who has a whole lot of people who adhere to him, who follow him, his Hasidim, but rather the Rebbe wanted each and every person to be a leader in their own right, whether you're the leader in your family, whether you're the leader in your community, whether you're the leader in your country. The Rebbe was um, one who tried and succeeded in enabling people to bring out the best within themselves and um, to realize that each and every one has something so precious and so valuable to share with those around them and that you are dafka in the place that you are in order to accomplish that, in order to achieve that. You don't and you shouldn't be running from your duty. You shouldn't be running from uh, where you are because you're there by divine providence in order to assist, in order to direct, in order to enable, in order to help and in order to fix 
um, all the things that need rectification in the very position, the very place that you are, to reach out to everybody and then, of course, um, to share with the world um, through acts of goodness and acts of kindness and a philosophy that is so endearing and so embracing and so all-encompassing that um, it has become known as the real magic um, that the Lubavitcher ever managed to put into our world, into the world of uh, uh, Judaism um, for uh, the past century and, of course, beyond and now into the future. So the date of Gimel Tammuz is uh, not just a date to think about the Rebbe, but to actually think about what it was that the Rebbe wanted from us, what it was that the Rebbe taught us, that he instilled within us, and that he gave us the wherewithal um, to accomplish, to achieve, and to blaze a trail forward um, in order to help to bring Mashiach, in order to help to accomplish what the world has been waiting for for all too long. And the concept, I think, of establishing Chabad houses was really at the forefront of it all. It was the real building and uh, format that represented all of these things, a place um, of counsel. The idea that people who have issues, who have problems, can come there and can get help, they can get guidance, they can get assistance, whether their problems are physical, whether their problems are spiritual, um, whether they're material or they're spiritual, one can get um, the assistance and the guidance um, and the caring that is uh, uh, really the trademark, the hallmark of uh, Chabad houses around the world. And then if it is um, education that is needed to come there to make it a place of learning. Um, Jews are not fulfilled unless they are learning Torah, unless they are growing in their Judaism. Not that we have it rammed down our throats, but rather that it is in an exciting, a fun, an inspiring, a positive uh, framework and a positive way that um, people can come and can be fulfilled and they can be educated and they can have their minds challenged and they can ask all their questions and they can um, um, feel then the warmth and the embrace of Judaism um, in its non-judgmental fashion and in a way whereby they can warm to the concepts that Judaism, mysticism, Torah, um, and all its levels and all its intricacies can and does offer to each and every individual. And then, of course, to have the feeling of family. There are so many people in a uh, world that's uh, gone a little bit crazy, there are so many people who feel lonely. Remember that the Rebbe really began his work as Rebbe not that long after the Holocaust, where uh, the Jewish world had been decimated, where there had been the loss and the brutality that was uh, driven against and carried out against our brothers, our sisters, our grandparents, our parents, and so on in a uh, world of absolute uh, decimation and absolute degradation that was uh, caused to and came and brought about on the Jewish people and where six million Jews um, perished, lost their lives in the most brutal fashion. And um, we were living in an environment in, this, in an age then thereafter where uh, something was so needed and so necessary, not only to inspire but actually to make Jews feel wanted again, to make them feel warm again, to make them feel needed again, to make them feel inspired again. Um, um, and it has carried through from then and for the balance of the last century and into uh, this one, this idea of 
a uh, people who could have been and by all intents and purposes should have been uh, perhaps logically lost to um to the world because of uh, all the repercussions of all the persecutions and the most heinous of all of course the holocaust um and uh, the rebbe's um, whole uh, life then was dedicated really to uh, turning this all around to making jews feel um necessary and wanted and needed and loved and cared for and at the same time realizing that they have a mission and the mission is not a negative one uh, the mission is a positive one to uh, heal this broken world to heal these uh, things of brokenness and uh, degradation of the past and to turn it into something that is um, today um, so positive and so proud and so wonderful and so inspiring and so uplifting um, the warmth, the love, the compassion, the energy that is our beautiful Jewish people as it stands today. And so in uh, thinking about the Rebbe's messages, I think that uh, one of the things that really, really stands out um, for many, many people is this idea of A, the importance of every individual. Number two, Perhaps uh, to learn from the rabbi the idea of never looking at the glass as being half empty. The rabbi would always look at it being half full. The idea of never utilizing or using language that is negative, never mind when talking about other people, but just negative language in general. Uh, one of the most famous, of course, is the fact that the rabbi would never refer to a um, a hospital as being a Beit Cholim. A Beit Cholim means a house of the sick. The Rebbe said, no, it should be called a Beit Refuah. It should be called a place of healing. That's what a hospital is. And if you just think about that alone, it is about turning things around and putting an, a, a, a positive slant on everything that the world has come to agree is negative. The Rebbe's view of technology, embrace it, make it um, productive, make it good, make it positive. It comes from God, and that is ultimately why it was invented. And so there was so much that the Rebbe taught us, and so much that goes into, or that we can think about rather, of what the Rebbe put into us and into our world to make it the better place that we all dream of. Now, the Jewish Community Survey of South Africa is live. If you go to www.jcssa, that's jcssa2019, jcssa2019.co.za, you can sign up there. It's a once-in-a-decade opportunity to participate in the Kaplan Center's national online survey. The survey is open to Jewish adults of 18 years and older living in South Africa. Your views are important and your participation essential for planning for the long-term needs of our community. Make time, participate, and have your say. That's jcssa2019.co.za. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And welcome back. Yes, we've been talking about the Lubavitcher Rebbe and um, everything that he taught us, or some of the things. Of course, it's impossible to take everything that he taught us, but some of the things that he taught us, um, particularly because of the Yorzeit of the Rebbe, which comes up over this coming weekend. Now, let me remind you that um, there is a very special event to mark this occasion that is going to be taking place on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, that is um, this coming Sunday at uh, 9.30 a.m., 
Um, there's going to be a breakfast preceding it at uh, quarter to nine, and uh, everybody's invited to come along. It's for men and women taking place at the Capitol on the Park. That's the new Capitol Hotel on Catherine Street in um, uh, in Santon. Um, it is a Sunday morning, so there will hopefully not be that much traffic around uh, those parts. So please come along and participate in a, an event to mark this special occasion. It is labeled uh, the man who changed the world, changed our world. And um, we have a very, very special lineup of wonderful speakers who are going to be in a short way um, going to be addressing uh, this topic from their perspectives and not all rabbis and not all uh, rabbinic um, kind of thought um, although Rabbi Levi Weinberg um, the Rosh Hashiva and a great speaker is going to be uh, the headline speaker of this special event um, please come along um, there is a charge of 100 rand for the breakfast um, but please come along and participate in a tribute uh, not only to honor the Rebbe, but actually um, more so to uh, participate in the, the Rebbe often taught, or uh, it was old Hasidic thought, that if you really want to uh, adhere to the Rebbe, you really want to be part of the Rebbe, the <coughs> best way is, of course, to study um, the things that he taught, um, take them to heart, and then participate in the programs um, of the Rebbe. And there were so many of those. So uh, please remember Sunday morning to participate in the special event. Everybody's invited. Please come along Sunday morning at the Capitol on the Park, a special event honoring the Rebbe. Well, let's just chat a little bit about um, those things that the Rebbe really instituted for people to follow. It was um, a program that used to be known as the Ten Miftzayim. A Miftzah is a special campaign. The Rebbe had special campaigns um, in which he directed people to... Um, Make it a, like a starting point, you know, the same way, I guess, as there were 10 commandments, there were 10 um, utterances in the creation of the world. There were 10, originally 10 campaigns um, to um, make our Jewish world um, far stronger and uh, far more uh, capable uh, than it was before. One of the most famous, of course, is the image of uh, Chabad Hasidim putting tefillin on uh, people all over the world. The idea of a tefillin campaign to make sure that... Uh, men over the age of bar mitzvah would don tefillin, would put on tefillin on a regular uh, basis and uh, particularly the idea of uh, people standing in public places and being called upon and asked um, excuse me sir, are you Jewish uh, that kind of a, a campaign which was popularized through the mitzvah and the miftah the uh, campaign of tefillin was famous but there were others one of them was candle lighting so what did women do or what was the campaign for women was candle lighting um, equally important um, the concept of taharat hamishpacha of family sanctity or uh, visiting um, regularly um, going to the mikveh in order to bring sanctity into the marriage and into the family there was the idea of a mezuzah campaign they were uh, love your neighbor as yourself um, the avas yisrael the idea of uh, loving your fellow man studying Torah, having a house full of books, giving stocker, giving charity, so many campaigns that the Rebbe instituted and became part and parcel of um, Chabad around the world and, of course, the hallmark of Chabad houses around the world as well. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. 
So we're going into a very, very powerful weekend, the weekend of the Yardsite 25th anniversary of the passing of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And um, the way that the Rebbe himself taught and the way that Hasidim always think about a Yardsite is it's not about a day of mourning where we sit by and we just think about um, the loss um, that we've experienced. And of course, the loss was huge. But we think about rather how we can um, make the Rebbe continue to be so much more relevant in our own lives and in our world and continue the campaigns, continue the very things that it was that the Rebbe stood for and that the Rebbe um, wanted and uh, to help accomplish and achieve those ends, um, which would be incorporated in, of course, the Rebbe's campaigns, whether it was for tefillin or mezuzah, tzedakah, love your fellow man as yourself, whether it was for um, candle lighting for a Shabbat, whether it was for Torah learning, a home full of Jewish books, whether it was the establishing of uh, mikvahs and uh, the visitation to mikvahs, or whether it was just the idea of establishing in your own life a, a space called a Chabad house, a place where you yourself, and not only a physical place, but just the idea of establishing a place where people feel and know that they're important, that they're relevant, that they count, that you love them, that you care for them, that you will bring them into the orb of Torah, that you'll really share with them the real valuables of Judaism, our Torah and our mitzvot, and encourage people to realize the significance and the importance of their fulfillment of these mitzvot on a regular basis. This is really what um, the Rebbe wanted from us, um, to put this all together in a fashion, in a way whereby we can help with the speedy arrival of Mashiach. So another appeal to you to please attend on Sunday morning at uh, the very latest 9.30 a.m. Um, at the Capitol on the Park, Catherine Street in Santon. Um, please let us know that you're coming uh, so that uh, bookings can uh, be pr- properly cared for and catered for. Um, please uh, let us know by calling Chabad House on 011-440-6600 or contacting uh, by email Sharon at Chabad.org.za. We look forward to seeing you there and we hope that you have a very meaningful weekend um, really tuning in to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, what he wanted from you, what you could do to continue um, his life, his legacy, everything that uh, the Rebbe stood for in your own life and in your own orb, in your own way and in your own community. Um, I want to wish you a great Shabbat up ahead. Um, what you wish you a great rest of the week. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday at the special event. Honoring the Rebbe. Take care.